This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. classic example of a conversation we just had on lifestyle that leave you thinking if not arguing directly with us over whatever device you're listening to Kelly and company on because you know we have some thoughts some opinions they may not be yours but it's engaging definitely engaging shout out to Grant Hardy for giving us our lifestyle headlines today and on Wednesday talking health with us next week you can tune in for what in the world on Wednesday and that's more of a light conversation lots of funny stuff that uh, grant will pick up for us now brock richardson and myself ramia omazan we will get into the app update with john beeler and john brings us fun tech stuff to keep in mind and john we're starting with something well i mean I'm looking forward to something particular, but it's not this one. But this one we'll start with. Facebook is adding show more and show less controls to adjust what you see on your feeds. I'm thinking that this is pretty good. Yeah, I, th- I think optimized. so. Yeah. Yeah. The, the idea behind this uh, or the speculation behind this is that Facebook is struggling to keep up with the TikTok generation because TikTok is like liquid liquid serotonin that uh, people can just keep scrolling and and the more videos or the longer they linger on those videos they can actually uh, get served more of that same type of thing so Uh facebook wants to make it easier for you to do the same thing and so the the show more and show less comes into this play by what is it kind of like apple news that's the first thing i thought of where you know you like something and then they're like give me more of this or don't show me this kind of stuff again. Well, it seems to be rolling out in sort of two different phases. Okay. I just checked my Facebook feed and the um, uh, the original sort of premise behind this is that at the bottom of each post in your feed from your friends, family, whomever, there'll be a see more, see less of this button. But uh. I don't see that yet. But there's little, the three little dots on pretty much every post, you can actually click on that. And there's like a deeper settings where it's like um, you have the option to then, uh, you know, they've sort of broken it down by friends and family, sort of any of the groups that you follow, and then just sort of like everything else, like uh, celebrities that you like or, you know, those types of things that get folded into your feeds. You can uh, show more or show less, and you can put a 90-day timer on it so that, you know, show, show me more for 90 days, and then we'll see how we see how we feel after that. Interesting. So there is a lot of customization going on on how much you want to see just in a post, like in a single post. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's basically your it's it's your way of telling Facebook, give me more or give me less of this person or this topic or this mm-hmm. uh, this type of stuff. So um, it's interesting though because TikTok sort of does it automatically because they know yeah, they don't how ask long any been- questions. No, they don't. They just know that you you spent an extra second on a video, and now you're not going to get nothing but videos about turtles. You know, know that type of thing. It can actually get on your last nerve, to be honest, because from an accessibility point of view, sometimes you're like, "What is this about?" So you've lingered because no one yeah. said anything in the first two seconds, and now TikTok's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I love how you want to see these things. Okay, bring it on." And you have no real easy control of turning that off. No. 
At least with Facebook, you kind of do now. Okay, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but I still prefer TikTok over Facebook anyway. Sorry. Me too. (laughs) I I third that as well. I'm... You can get lost in TikTok very quickly because you're just like, oh, it's short video. And then you've watched a hundred in like mm-hmm. 50 minutes and it's How like, it oh, I just literally, literally did this. So, yeah, it's it can be a dangerous place, social media in general. But I, I like the see more, see less kind of thing. I think this is the one that Romeo was referring to. And I'm so happy I get to uh, chat with you about this one. Deezer can now identify songs that you can hum. Tell me more. Yeah, so Deezer might not be that popular of a music streaming service, but they do have quite a lot of uh, music. It's not unlike Apple Music or Amazon Music or Spotify. It's just another music streaming service. But sometimes, you know, and a lot of us have probably used uh, Shazam to sort of like, oh, what's that playing in this restaurant that I really like? Um, and it brings you a little pop-up saying what the song is. You can add it to your library, your playlist, et cetera. Well, now Deezer has this ability. You can sing, you can hum, or even whistle a track, and it will try to guess what the song is based on that little snippet. It, it seems to be it seems to work a little bit better if you're doing like the main chorus of the song or maybe that very specific hook um, from the song, as opposed to something, you know, deep in the middle of the song that uh, maybe isn't as recognizable. But it's a, it's a really interesting feature. And it's, as far as I know, it's the only streaming app that has it built in. It's also worth noting that the Google search app on your phone can actually do something kind of similar. But Oh, course, yeah? Yeah. I was going to say, were there any comparisons? Because I haven't done this at all. And, but it seems very crucial that we find some. Yeah, yeah. I think it's up for debate depending on on your your humming or singing ability as to which sure. which method will work better. Um, but I kind of like the fact that it's built into Deezer because it makes more sense there because then you can easily just add it to your playlist if it's a song that you're actively trying to listen to. I don't think either whistling, humming, singing will work for me because I'm tone deaf. And so it doesn't matter <laughs> what what I do with this app. It probably isn't picking it up unless I got like the key points of the uh, of the chorus. But that was the thing that popped up to me with this was like, how accurate is it? But I, you pretty well um, said, basically, it depends on how clear you are with this app as to whether it will pick it up or not. Well, and they have 90 million songs in their library. So I think, you know, they have a pretty good set of waveforms to start from. And, you know, once again, AI to the rescue, and it's figuring out in in very little time what song you're actually trying to reproduce with your whistling abilities. I mean, they made a whole show on uh, Shazam about how fast it can pick up, you know, the song that you're looking for they made a whole game show out of it so i'm not surprised that this has come out i actually think it's kind of a cool thing because people may not know the words and it's like but it it sounds like this tune and i want to know what the song is so i think it's pretty cool we're also seeing a lot of new songs rehashing the sort of the chorus or the baseline from something you know from years ago so it'd be interesting to see if some of these songs will, you know, you get multiple hits because it's literally hitting every decade of the iterations of that particular track. 
Hey man, multiple hits is better than no reference point at all. And you're like, I, I know I know this, but you know, my friends have to go through this all the time where I'm humming stuff and then they're like, no, we don't know. Yes, you do. <laughs> so now I can just bother <laughs> Deezer with it. <laughs> but do you think, John, there's going to be a lot of uptake on Deezer? Because as you said, it's not as popular as Spotify or Apple Music or any of these other things. Um, do you think that there's going to be an uptake because of this uh, skill? Uh, it's hard to say. I think if you're a big music nerd, you might have more than one Maybe. music streaming service. And this is just yeah. another cool tool in their toolbox to help sell it okay well, maybe we try google search first and then <laughs> move on okay let's talk about eu's usb-c mandate approval because it's putting pressure on apple to replace the lightning port what's the context well basically governments around the world have uh, tried to force the issue for one standard charging platform in this case, it's USB-C. Um, pretty much the entire Android universe has adopted this. Uh, a lot of current uh, laptops are starting to adopt this. And the idea behind it is to reduce, reduce e-waste. Um, ironically, though, if Apple was to adopt this, there would be a lot of e-waste from all their lightning cables uh, as people upgrade to their the various devices. Um, <sighs> It's interesting to see how this is going to play out. This doesn't come into effect until 2024, and Apple would also have two years after the effective date to actually comply with this. So they uh, technically have until 2026 to actually do this change. And it's unclear what Apple plans to do about this uh, because they could just strictly make uh, a USB-C version of the iPhone just for the EU, which doesn't make a lot of sense because... You know, it makes sense that they would have one platform that can be used globally. And they've already uh, transitioned things like MacBooks and uh, the, some of their iPad models to USB-C for charging as well. So kind of makes sense. This is the way we were going. Uh, when Apple did create the Lightning uh, standard back in, uh, I think it was early 2000s, somewhere around there, there was a big uproar because they got rid of the 30-pin the connector. But mm -hmm. at the time, micro-USB was popular for everything else. And there was very limited bandwidth, very limited um, power capabilities. And the lightning connector was sort of the precursor to USB-C in that it's, you know, it doesn't matter which way you plug it in. Uh, you know, do you remember having plug-in cables and you could never get it in right because it was mm -hmm. always the wrong way? You don't have to worry about that with lightning or USB-C. So, uh, and both platforms have quite a lot more bandwidth, much better power options. USB-C standard, though, I think it's going to be around for a while because they just recently announced that there's a new USB-C standard that's still backwards compatible with existing cables. So you're going to get more throughput, more uh, power capabilities with your existing stuff. So that sort of checks all the boxes as far as uh, eliminating e-waste. Um, strangely, though, uh, some countries are still going after Apple for not including charging uh, blocks and cables and things like that. Uh, I think it's Brazil that uh, is basically trying to force Apple to include a charging block, even though most people don't really need them because they have something already. Right. So, I mean, um, right now, Apple has, like, with your laptops and such, they have cables that isn't USB-C on um, both sides, or you know what I mean? It's USB on one side and USB-C on the other or something like that. And it's not necessarily 
standardized or I guess it not necessarily about being standardized it's more that uh, you know if you have a device that isn't compatible then you got to go and get another block right so are these kind of things stuff that Apple's considering and uh, making moves for or against or is this just something that we're all trying to unify to a degree well I think the world is trying to unify to make it you know very simple and standardized Um, Mm -hmm. but the sort of the gotcha here is Apple has a pretty healthy revenue stream by licensing the Lightning technology to the cable and accessory manufacturers. Oh, geez. So if you look on the packaging for those cables and those charging blocks and things like that, it says made, made for iPhone. Well, those manufacturers have to pay a fee to Apple to to do that and use their specification. So um, Apple's probably going to hold out as long as they can because, you know, it's basically free money for them to do that. Yeah, that is pretty concerning. I mean, as far as we know, it's being implemented, uh, the standardized USB-C is being implemented everywhere else but Apple. So how long can they really hold out? Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Apple's, maybe they're going to come up with something else because they're famous for doing that. You remember when they got rid of the floppy disk, they got rid of the USB ports, like they're always sort of doing their own thing. And... uh but I can see the pressure, you know, especially if the, the EU, I should make it clear, the EU hasn't actually made this the rule yet. This is sort mm-hmm. of before Parliament, but it's expected to pass because there's really not a lot of resistance to it. But I could see Apple being forced to sort of fall in line in this respect. Um, there's no technical reason that they can't. Um, they're, you know, the other interesting piece of this is there's even some talk about forcing manufacturers to not even have a cable at all and support something like wireless charging as a yes. standard across all devices. Right. And and that's fine too. It's just for me, because Apple's always trying to um one up, if you will, the yeah. the, the question is when are they going to think of the next best thing for fast charging, faster charging, fastest charging, and yeah. uh, you know, break break it that way. All right. Well something to consider, but I can't wait you know, to, to not have to ask someone if they are carrying my cable because I forgot mine at home. It's just all going right. to be the same. Awesome, John. Thank you so much. Thank you. John Beeler joins us for our app update on Fridays and today uh, highlighting a bit of Apple, a bit of Deezer, and a bit of everything else technology. After the break, we're checking in with Karen McGee. She's telling us about the social assistance diet that some government officials have taken part in we're going to find out how they reacted to it we'll be right back this is kelly and company Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.